Hey y'all. What's up? My name is Kel. My name is Anna. And you're tuned into Cognac, Cupcakes, and Conversations. CCC is a podcast with a twist. Cognac, Cupcakes, and Stimulating Conversations. Because it's not just about us anymore. And we're striving to promote awareness of issues affecting our communities. In short, it's a vibe. It has taken us forever to memorize that, but you know, it's like whatever now. Like, it's just like the back of our hands. We know that joint now. (laughs) But welcome to the pod, guys. Um, We have so much to get into today. You know, Uh, it is the third month of March, technically, and it is actually still light time. I wrote down that it was dark. May. (laughs) <laughs> but no no it's still March it's the third, oh, what you mean. <laughs> it's the third month of March <laughs> we're struggling here you know um but we're making it through at the same time it's a daily struggle um because we don't know what's up from down in Rona time you know so <laughs> we're, we're making it through um but there's lots to celebrate um and discuss today uh, first off, May is Mental Health Awareness Month, as well as Masturbation Appreciation Month. Yes, y'all, get them hands to working. Yes, girl, I just saw um, what's her name, uh, Shan Booty, post uh, a mini wand. It's like a mini um, wand. Uh, if you guys have seen Sex in the City, you know what the wand I have is. one. Oh, you do. I do. What do you think of it? I mean, it's I like so early it. for the rash, but let's get to it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you know, all my reason. Um, I was in the business for a new toy, and um, I was I was actually shopping lube. In the process of me shopping for a lube at Target, mm. <laughs> I found uh, a mini wand. I was like, "Oh, okay, Target." <laughs> I've heard it now. Button podcast. Um, Speaking of lube, I'm sorry to cut you off. But Lou, I've heard on the Joe Budden podcast that um, the wet platinum is the best Lou out there. So look for that. <laughs> uh, okay. You might be able to order it on um, on Amazon. But what was you going to finish? Amazon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I've seen plenty of porns, and they all, you know, love the wand. So I was like, okay, well, let me just see what this is about it's not as large so it's like literally a mini one that you can like travel size and um i don't think people will off bet think that it's what it is so unless you are an avid porn watcher so um yeah so it's travel friendly and i like it it does have multiple settings and um i don't know i'm going to talk a little bit more about it because i saw something that she posted a little later on the show and i'm going to you know talk a little more about it in detail on that part <laughs> okay that sounds good i i i i love it i love to see it love to hear it uh, <laughs> um and also on that same tip it is national nurses week which is starting today which is interesting to me because it started midweek so i saw some of our yeah, on a Wednesday. Apparently, National Nurses Week starts uh, Wednesday, May 6th, and ends on um, Tuesday, next Tuesday, May 12th. 
So salute to all of the nurses out there. Um, one of our friends who, if you haven't checked it out, we posted it in the IG story. Uh, make sure you check out our, we reposted it to, you know, run it back. Um, the Cheers episode, episode number two with um, traveling nurse uh, Portia, who was one of our good, good girlfriends. And she just tells her story as a nurse, especially during these times. And it's, it's an actual lighthearted conversation. So if you need some levity for the week and you just want to, you know, give some shine to some nurses, make sure you uh, listen to that content or watch that content and just salute all the nurses all for the rest of the week and next week. Yes. All right. In the spirit of all of that, you know, salute salutations. I'm going to go ahead and start everything off with our motivational moment of the week, y'all. So I went to church and um, online virtual church, and I go to Mount Enon and Pastor Coates. I was so glad that we had a refreshing message because I'm not going to lie to y'all. I'm a little tired of the Corona conversations and I'm ready to get back to what life is, the normal life will be. And I'm as a person that needs therapy, and I feel like everybody does need therapy. I think that we all had issues that we were working on before this whole corona thing came into play that we really need to address. And I didn't want to forget or lose track or lose sight of those things because of the coronavirus. So I was excited for him to get into a new series of a new message. And this series was talking about um, how to, um, I don't wanna, I'ma pull it up so I don't tell you wrong. Uh, <laughs> and I guess I should have had that together. Oh, right. No, it doesn't like me. Well, anyway, it was talking about uh, healing good. a broken heart. Say it again. I said it's all good, boo. Oh, thank you, boo. Yeah, it was talking about healing broken hearts, um, how to deal with the troubled heart. And on the deal of how to deal with the troubled heart, one of the things that really stuck out to me in the message was when he was talking about, you know, Life is going to happen. There's so much uncertainty that's happening around us, and we know that we're going to go through trials and tribulations, but we have to remember that there's still more to live for. There's still more things that we have to go through, and there, the, the main thing that he wanted us to see was don't be mistaken about what God intends to be a comma as a period, that there's more chapters to write, there's more paragraphs to write, and there's more sentences that needs to go on. It doesn't end here. This is just the end of the, this is just the, the end of the beginning. And it's really about to go into the depths and God is about to show up and show out and how he's going to work. So just to encourage you guys to know that this is not the end. I know it's craziness going all around with the coronavirus. And now we have killer hornets on the rise. And it's like, when is this going to end? You know, like, or is this the end? Just know that, that there's still more life to live and that this is just a comma in the chapter. Facts. I love it. And I really love when you share the messages that you hear with me. And I really, really love it when all the messages that I hear on Sundays are all like the same type of message. So the message that I heard on Monday, well, I mean, excuse me, Sunday was about um, the same thing with this not being the end. And it's about now what, what happens next. And um, one of the main things that was said, two points that I want to point out, to relate to yours was that everything that and i'm paraphrasing but everything that is visible is not you know what's happening 
on the spiritual side of things. We don't know what the outcome is going to be. Everything that seems to be what it is, isn't what it really is. And I know that could be kind of confusing or, you know, counterintuitive. Um, that's probably the wrong word, but anyway, um, <laughs> um, you know what I'm trying to say. So <laughs> yeah, we got you, girl. We can get you. Yes. Yes. Y'all got it. So <laughs> like BET, but anyway, <laughs> um, everything that, well, everything isn't what it seems, in other words. So we have to remember that there's a bigger picture to this from the spiritual side of things that is going to come into fruition into the um, worldly side of things. And also, you will win if you do not quit. And that goes for a lot of different things, a lot of different scenarios in our lives. You will win if you do not quit. Um, if you keep pushing forward, even if something doesn't turn out the way that you thought it would, um, you still persevered in the sense of keeping your spirits up. Because if you just quit, you're just going to beat yourself up and continue beating yourself up. And that's not good for anybody in any mental situation. So continue, um, persevere, don't quit. Uh, don't quit until the job is done, until the fat lady sings. There's no reason, you know, to worry about something and this is me also speaking to myself, there's no reason to worry about something if it hasn't even come into fruition yet. Why be on the negative side of things, you know? And of course, planning is important, but why be on the negative side of things if it hasn't even happened yet? So, with that said, let's get into some rationness and righteousness. Balance. Ratchetness and righteousness is the yin and the yang of life. You got to be equally yoked with both. All right. So let's dive on in. Okay. So I am going to start off with the ratchetness, actually, um, because there's a lot that has transpired over the last week or so. So um, we had, right as we signed off last week, I would have loved to have talked about this last week. And so I was so blown but Duce Palooza. So Duce Palooza is this big party that used to be called Henny Palooza. And um, they go traveling to different state, different cities, popping cities for different occasions. So like in Philly, they'll probably do a big Duce Palooza event um, around the Roots picnic, picnic or Made in America. In DC, they'll do Duce Palooza when it's like near Howard Homecoming um new york fourth of july i don't know i'm making that up but <laughs> they do it in different locations for different time periods and it's just a big large party usually in a warehouse sized club and you have drink specials on duce um formerly hennessy uh that they used to have but now it's duce because they teamed up with um jay-z and also they um have just bomb ass DJs come through and they usually have a special guest that'll pop up that's usually somewhat connected to the city or just a popping ass person that they have perform the um for the special guests and it's usually a surprise guest so it's a real popular thing amongst the late 20s and early 30 year olds right um one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to Joe Budden podcast uh one of the people on the podcast is Rory and he's one of the you know, starting founders of it, as well as his cohort, <laughs> this guy named Chris Stiles. So Chris Stiles um, is the center of the Palooza because it came out like probably like 
a week or so ago amongst the the masses because apparently he had been doing this since college but to round it all up quickly he was being a nasty person he was um taking advantage of women at first it was a lot going around that he was raping women but um he was pressuring women and using his he i would say he was sexually harassing women um he would give women like an opportunity like you might be a photographer or something like that that wants to get down with Duce Palooza and you know work with them and he would you know take you on a dinner date and I'm really I'm making this scenario up to like mirror some of the other scenarios so this scenario I'm just making this one up but it would be a thing, a situation where he would take them to dinner and then be like, so you want to be down or whatever? Like, let me see your credentials. Oh yeah, I like what you got going on. And then, you know, try to proposition sex. And then if the sex didn't happen, oh, you couldn't be down. Or if you did link up with him and y'all went on a date, some other stories came out that women are saying where if you didn't want to have sex with him, he would like kick you out of the house at three in the morning and you have to find your own way home. Um, there was a lot of stories where women felt like they were being felt up and touched up. And if they didn't like it, he treated them like shit and talked crazy to them. Um, and apparently he had been doing this like since college. Um, a lot of people in Duce Palooza were under fire because they were like, yo, you work with this nigga for years on end and y'all have this nasty nigga still doing business with y'all representing Duce Palooza. And he's a, he's a, um, he's a predator of sorts and so at first um people like rory were like you know i don't have to speak to this because it wasn't me that did it but then he was like well this represents my brand and this is someone that i had a friendship with and although i would like to have this conversation only with him on the side i do have to speak publicly about this too because um this is a part of our business. This is a part, this represents our brand and what steps are we gonna take moving forward when it comes to Duce Palooza? Are we gonna take him out of Duce Palooza? Like what, am I going to be the person that's going to try and get this person help to figure out why they have such an issue with rejection towards women? And apparently he's still out here tweeting nasty shit saying, y'all ever, Chris Style saying, y'all ever wondered how there could be 40 allegations of rape about one person in the year 2020, but no jail, warrant, or police report. So, girl, I brought that up because this has so many repercussions to this, especially because, you know, we're cognac cupcakes in conversation. So this is a very right. <laughs> important conversation for us, and we are say heads, okay, and Marcel, right. but um, we particularly love say. And, you know, like, what do you feel like this can have uh, what can this affect like you think you know even jay-z's reputation is affected because people are like yo you do a business with this person like how far should that conversation go out because of course everybody is going to all different lengths with this conversation and then even on the on the um lower you know like more uh intimate level of the business that's not the right word i want to use but the more intimate side of the business where it's just like as far as the the core team like what are your thoughts on like how responsible they are for the for this happening it 
because it has gone back to college, this lets me know that somebody knew something in the upper management sector. And I don't think that it should affect Jay-Z's brand per se, but I think the best way to handle it is to cut out the bad seed. I don't see any other way of handling it. I mean, yes, you could try to get that person help, but the person has to feel like that there's a problem. And if they don't feel like there's a problem, I don't know how far you're really gonna get with, we're, we're seeking out therapy for him. We're finding a, a therapist that will be able to address those issues that he might have. And then once he has been fully re rehabilitated or whatever, then he can come back into the company. I think it will be just best to, you know, have a conversation from heart to heart offline with, you know, the guy, I can't remember, Chris Stiles or whatever the case may be. And, you know, explain to them, like, I think it'll be best for us to part ways. Because at this point, um, that's when the suits are going to, lawsuits are going to start flying in. And the, that you can't tell me that no one didn't know about it. You can't tell me that it's just now coming out now. If this has been going on since college, he's, I'm sure that he's had a predator type of conversation with you, you know, to, because that's what predators do. They have to have their trophies. They have to like brag about it. You know, predators aren't usually people that are like quiet and to themselves or not, you know, like they right, share right. the fact that they are doing something with someone. Right, so, they have to. They um, have to be. They have to be exposed to some of that at some point. And you know, you can help your friend on the side or whatever. But like to say that you never saw this in their in their personality all these years, and you've known this person for all these years. Like you know, like they talked about, like saying you a wild boy or you a wild nigga. Like this is when it's it's time to be corrected. And it's more like admitting, like you know what, we were a lot more closed-minded and small-minded back in the day to how this really affects women. And it's disgusting, and I really feel bad. And that's how Rory was. It was He was remorseful about it. But it's like, yeah, like, let's admit that we know, because they all would be dicking down girls after Duce Paloozas and stuff. Like you, you saw that vibe. I know you. You had to if you part of that Duce Palooza crew. You had to see him do this at least once, where a girl wasn't down and you kicked her out. And you know, you go back to videos like um, nothing but a G thing, and you see how they're spraying a girl up or whatever with with forties uh, and stuff, and kicking her out the party. Like that was cool in the culture for years. Mm -hmm. It's just now becoming uncool, but I'm sorry I cut you off. Please, no, no, no. I think I was pretty much um, wrapping it up with what I was saying. Like, yeah, I, I think that it would be best for them to part ways. I think he should seek therapy, but in order for him to seek therapy, he has to actually want it. And I think a conversation from a friend to a friend should happen and occur with him to let him know that it wasn't personal, it's business. And if you want your, your brand to be able to be profitable and to be able to be longstanding, the best thing to do for it is to part ways. And to issue out apologies to all the victims that, you know, were unfortunately um, handled the way that they were handled. Being transparent, I think one, you have to be very transparent, be apologetic, not only, and, and be apologetic to your friend too, because I think that that's another thing, like I should have said something to you. I should have like, I should have done more. 
from that and having that type of transparency will be a little bit more relatable because people will understand that at the end of the day it's a compromising situation because this is somebody that you were really close with for over a 10-year period you know so um yeah 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 uh, well said well said moving on even deeper into more distressing you know news i can't even call this like ratchet so um Ahmaud Arbery uh, was a victim of a racial um, killing, uh, hate crime. That's what I would call it. I don't think I've even heard it addressed as a hate crime yet, but it definitely is. And what happened was that this actually happened like two months ago in Georgia. Um, so what happened was he was jogging down the street and um, apparently these two men, a father and a son, which I, I could say their names, but you know, white people, uh, <laughs> they thought that he uh, looked like a suspect, apparently that was doing a series of break-ins. And they said that they acted in the state's defense laws and were not charged for shooting and killing him with a shotgun. So um, at first, the story that was told was just that he was shot and killed. And the police first lied to, and told um, Ahmad's mother that he actually was involved in a home robbery. And that's how he ended up in a tussle with the gun and was killed. However, what actually happened, which we all now, well, not all of us, because honestly, I haven't watched the video. I'm not going to lie. I, I mean, I saw a clip, like little clips where they stop it before you see him like fall to the ground and stuff. But um, apparently... Um, he was jogging down the street, as the original story is, and he, they drove up on him, the father and the son, and told him they just wanted to talk to him. And then Ahmad and the son got into a tussle when he, the son got out with a shotgun. And um, the son shot Ahmad twice, and then, you know, he died. On top of this, um, they're saying that um, if he did indeed, because there was some stories about him possibly uh, stopping by a house that was under construction and looking in the window, you know, like I, mm, I get so mad. <laughs> like I'm already, I'm already angry just hearing that. Like, yo, like I can't look in a window. What, like, what if I wanted to see what the architecture was in the fucking house? You know, like, what What if I wanted to do that? Like, what if I wanted to see what the inside of a fucking house looked like? Why? Because I, uh, because of the color of my skin that I wanted to, sh um, you know, break into a home that's under construction. What am I, and if it's one of them houses, I don't know, you know, a regular fully built house could be under construction. But if it's one of them damn houses where the house isn't even fully built, and you're mad because I was looking in the window of that? How dare you? So even if he did indeed stop by a house that was under construction and then decided to roll, and then they decided to roll up on him and kill him, um, this is not under the law of defense. That's what his um, lawyer or the representative of his case um, is saying. And they apparently said on the phone call to the police when, the, when they asked um, what the criminal act was that Ahmad was committing, they said he was a black man running down the street. Um, so yeah, uh, I can't. I 
I'm not gonna lie to you. Like I, one of our homegirls had sent me the video of Don Lemon talking to uh, the the young man's family and the lawyer, and I had to turn it off. Like I couldn't handle it. It's just so much that's happening, and then for this, it's just like. I don't even have it in me to be able to like give them the satisfaction of being so upset. Like I just, I don't even know. It, it's it's a really emotional type of situation, and I wholeheartedly agree with you. Like I I question the law, and I understand that that is a southern state, Georgia. So um, I wonder how things are like coming into play with the citizens' arrest, and I I understand that the person this this gentleman I I don't even want to call him a gentleman because he's not a gentleman. This I don't even know what to call this man. Like <laughs> he's not even a man. Like I don't even know how to address this. Ugh, this this thing this thing this this white person. <laughs> um white people because there's two um for them to even feel you know they have ties to the police office so i i i don't see justice coming out of it to be honest if i'm being frank and how some of the people that are going to be making the decisions on as far as like court hearing and how they're starting to back out because they feel like it's a bias which i'm i'm appreciative that they even were able to address that and back out gracefully from that but the fact that it's that level tells me that we're not going to get the justice that we need. And it's, it's crazy because I had a conversation with one of my homegirls, Brittany, the other day. And I was telling her about a trial that I remember going to sit in on when I was in um, a business law class. And it was about a murder case that particular day. I don't know why we were doing the murder case, but whatever the case may be. So we're there and we're sitting in on it. And with that particular case, it reminds me of this in, in this type of sense where the person tried to break into the house and the father had a, a family that was in the house in the home or whatever the case may be the person that was trying to rob the house as they were leaving he shot him in the back and the person died so the person who was protecting their home of course is going on trial for for murder um and it's like who is just who is it and i wonder with how this goes into play with this one is because this person is clearly trying to get away from you and from what I saw in the video, I felt like he felt like he was in bodily imminent harm. So I saw him try to tussle with the gun, like if he could just knock the gun out the way, I feel like he would have tried to make a run for it even faster. Because you know, when your adrenaline is pumping, you, you get a second burst of energy. So I personally feel like he was trying to get away from them. I don't think that he was the aggressor in this situation whatsoever, because he was minding his own business. And that's the issue. It's like, we can't even mind our business, our own business, without someone coming in to bother us. <laughs> you know, like, it's That's, that's it's the ridiculous. bullshit. That's the that, bullshit to me. Like, you can't even mind your business. Like, Amanda Seals was just talking about that real, um, the, the yesterday. Like, she was crying about the people in, in Brooklyn getting, um, uh, was it Brooklyn? I don't know, but uh, I'm assuming. Yeah, it was. It was in Brooklyn when they was getting body slammed. Yeah, getting body slammed for being outside and not having a mask. Yes, and 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 meanwhile they're handing out water bottles to people in Central Park. You know, you know? white people in Central Park, and it's just like, 
she put it so eloquently like when they try to when people try to say like oh we have to respect ourselves as black people like you know like as if that's an excuse as to why people are scared of us or that we shoot each other you know and all that different stuff all the other races do that too you know all the other races have people that are the bottom of the barrel but why is it that we constantly have to overachieve constantly have to represent ourselves a certain way when no other race really has to do that so to speak now i mean that yes i know there's exceptions to this rule but blacks are definitely the ones that are feared the most and are treated like vermin like animals we're, we're treated as less than because that's how we were you know described in the freaking constitution we literally are less than a human being in the constitution so um <clears throat> it just pains me when i see stories like these or or stories like that in in brooklyn this person is jogging down the street like you said it, this person is trying to jog down the street and just have a regular run regular fitness run and um they get killed because they look like a suspect. Like, it's, it's so clear what is wrong with that picture. And time and time again, nobody sees the picture. They literally run to us being at fault and being an aggressor because we are Black. What excuse And my is thing with that, that I understand is, if they're saying that he had, he was within his rights to be able to, you know, um, make, make a a detainment or whatever the case may be where are the rights to the state it was okay to kill him i understand a citizen arrest that makes sense you know like i've seen that happen before like in other cases where there's a citizen's arrest but i've never ever seen any law saying that it's okay to kill a person <laughs> as a non-officer like how yeah, I think that what that is, is the, um, you know, what they're trying to say with the defense um, law or whatever, like, you know, like stand your ground or whatever the fuck. I didn't hear the term stand your ground, but, you know, I think that's what they're trying to pull for this. And it's like, again, like the attorney said, if this man was running, I mean, even if he did look into a building that was under construction through a window and went on about his day, you know, which that's not even clear, clearly like, proven but even if that happened um what is that do what is the crime in that there is no crime there's no crime being committed and you riding down the street like you're a police officer just blowing off heads like where like you said where is the law in that there is no law because we could be doing that to y'all if we feel threatened and if that's the case let us do that let us kill someone because I thought that I was in, in harm or danger. You look very similar to every fucking white person in the world. And honestly, <laughs> I do be looking a lot of like sometimes, if I'm being frank. But anywho, let's just move on to the next subject because I can't. I, okay. I, we moving on. We moving on. We moving on. Oh, I feel you on that though. Okay. All right. Um, so yes, of course, uh, rest in peace to... Ahmad Arbery and you know prayers up for anybody that is being um racially you know attacked 
um, especially our, our black people, you know, we got a special place in our hearts for our race because we have been through it all and we still persevere. So yes, we always are gonna have our black fists in the air because no one else does. Um, <laughs> all right, so, all right, so moving on to some ratchetness. The debate on the pole dancing mom and her baby. So quick description, there's a video that went viral on the interwebs of a mom who was wearing like a thong, it turns out it might've been a swimsuit, a thong bikini or thong like swimsuit in general. I don't know if it was a one piece, but it was very string-like in the back, okay? And she and her daughter, she was like looking like she had been dancing on her pole and she had her daughter in the room and her daughter walked into the room and the daughter, she invited the daughter to pull, jump on the pole and you know scrunch her way up the pole and the that baby was really skilled because she was like two years old like she looked like a toddler whatever she whatever age she was three whatever she was small and she made her little way up the pole so to me that also like made it seem like this is not the first time but maybe this was like the time that she actually got it right or something um and she got up the pole and the mom was like yes okay she flipped her body upside down strong Mama is strong too. Flipped her body up because if you ever been in pole dancing, you know. Exactly. I can, I can barely get off the floor. I can't even get off the floor. Let me not even front here. Like that joint is a skill to be applauded. Okay. So anyway, she, you know, flipped herself upside down with her legs wide open um, so that her child could be able to slip down on the pole and sit on her butt. And then the mom moved the chair from the side that was on the side and she proceeded to swing around the pole, like giving her daughter a merry-go-round ride on the pole. And uh, Freak Nasty, which is one of my faves, by one of my faves on top of that, uh, Megan Thee Stallion, was playing in the background, full cuss words, full explicit version. And um, they posted this online, or the mom posted this online, I guess react kel and then i'll give okay. my reaction okay yeah so um when i initially saw the video i sent it to all of like the group chats our lipton chat our girls tripping chat whatever the case may be and i feel like i sent it to someone else but i had actually saw it on this guy's page and the guy was like really upset and he had all these comments of people like going in on the girl and um I'm not going to lie. I think my first initial reaction was disturbed, but not for disturbed in the sense of what they were probably disturbed about. Um, I think their point of view more so was the fact that they felt like she was, they were teaching her how to be a stripper. And because I've been to pole dancing before, I didn't necessarily think of it like that per se, per se. I was more so mad at the whole, the whole view of it. And my thing with that is as a parent, I feel like you have to protect your child by any means necessary and I know that people have this topic of like considering things to be over sexualized but you know the world we live in and you know how people are going to view the world we live in so why even put yourself in that type of situation um I felt like her outfit was inappropriate for her to do, to, to be filmed let me be clear let me be, to be filmed on 
on whatever live, whatever she was on, or TikTok. I don't know what platform it was. Um, I can't remember the, the platform she used. But whatever platform, social media platform she used, for you to have on a thong, cool, you're in your house. I'm always naked around my child. Cool. But that's not being filmed. And then for you to have that explicit ass song, I felt like it was being like super ratchet. So it's like the combination of having Freak Nasty, you in a thong, you know, and then the moves that you're using, I felt like it could have been, she could have just twirled around the pool standing up. She didn't have to do the whole climbing up the pole. Let me go upside down. And I really felt like it looked like she was riding away with her coochie. If you've been to a strip club, you've seen when they do the little surf move and they're like, the one person is upside down with their legs half open and the other person is on top. Yes, the little girl did sit down on it, but it's just like, I just felt like it was, if you want to teach your child, cool. That's cool. But that you could do it in a different way. You don't have to post that for everybody to see. You could have had on some biker shorts and a t-shirt. You could have had that baby have on some shorts. Like why, why are we having her in a swimsuit? Like it just, why are, why are both of you in a swimsuit on, on, you know, on whatever social media platform doing it? It felt like it was, it wasn't classy. It wasn't in the protection of the child because there are predators out there. There are people who are going to like look at a child and over-sexualize them. There are people that are going to try to, like, even when we post our baby pictures, like, you, you got to be really careful with that. You might want to put a little emoji over the baby's nipples. Like, you just, you know the world we live in. Don't put your child in that situation. That's my two cents. Um, so I agree with you and I'll, I'll give my initial reaction. When I first saw it, I too was like, <clears throat> you know, just from seeing pole dancing and how it can be an art form. I, I wasn't as offended. What I initially thought was why she posts this. Like, Listen, I grew up, and it may be taboo to say, but I grew up seeing my mom naked all the time. So, but my mom is not going to post herself walking around naked in front of us. Why? Because of the point that you just made, the world that we live in. Someone could easily feel like, you know, this is disgusting, blah, blah, blah. And you have established a relationship with your children where we know what's appropriate, what's not, but the world doesn't, you know. And then when you put that on a world platform, for people to judge, this is the outcome. Um, and so, and then you did bring up a good point just now. You brought up a good point in the fact that um, it's a nasty world that we live in and you are subjecting your child to pedophile eyes and um, pedophilia eyes, however you want to say, pedophile eyes. And um, you don't want your child to be a victim or become a victim because of what you put out there for them to view you don't know who knows you like say she put this on Facebook God forbid and you know Facebook is a big world but small at the same time you don't know if somebody and I'm not wishing this in the name of Jesus covered them both but you don't know what weirdo could be in your town and see that video and notice that your child goes to this preschool over here and then try to get active so um you just don't know so i agree with you and just for the sake of the conversation continuing i'm gonna just leave it at that um i don't think she should have posted it whatever you do in your house you do what you do but don't you, everything ain't for the web everything ain't for the web all right 
moving on. Okay, so more uh, ratchetness going more into a lighter zone. Uh, Tiger King, uh, if you didn't see it on Netflix, woo, you missed out. Tiger King is coming um, to, well, actually, I don't know what um, network it may come to, but a scripted show is being developed. And they are planning to plan, um, to cast Nicolas Cage as Joe Exotic and Matt Damon as Don Alton. I think that was his name. Um, girl, who I wonder who they're going to make as Carol Baskin. But <laughs> what do you think of the casting for that? I thought Nicolas Cage is absolutely perfect. I think he's going to kill that role. Like, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, this is perfect. It's going to be funny. If you've seen any of Nicolas Cage's older movies, you know that he has, like, this sarcasm that could go really well with Joe, um, not Joe, Exotic, yeah, Joe Exotic's um, character, or whatever the case may be. I think he would really kill that character. Um, Nicolas Cage, I guess, I guess, because no, I mean, not Nicolas Cage, Matt Damon, excuse me. Matt Damon, I guess, because I felt like Don wasn't, um, well, on the on the series that we watch on Netflix, he didn't really, sh he wasn't, he was kind of calm and cool. So, like, I guess it's not that much of an acting that you would really have to do. But if they're going to, like, really play up, like, really what was going on behind closed doors and really do that acting of it, I want to see who, I feel like it might be a better person for it. Who, the, who that person would be, I'm not sure. But I just don't see Matt Damon. Yeah, I, I do wonder, I do wonder who is going to be, um, like, if they're going to explore the behind-the-scenes stuff that we learn thanks to, because they said it's scripted. So I guess that's also to cover, like, that's how we're going to be able to cover ourselves and say that it's not based on reality or whatever, because all these people had different stories about what was going on behind closed doors about the main characters. Um, Cause I watched a reunion special and a lot of them were talking mad shit about Joe and talking mad shit about each other. Even the Manny fresh looking white boy that was riding away <laughs> on the, on the, uh, <laughs> the boyfriend yeah. he married. No, no, like the guy, it was like this guy, he wasn't really in it as much till, till like midway through the series. And he was one of the people that gave up Jeff, Jeff, whatever that guy was that was wearing the motorcycle jackets and he had the girlfriend, they were from yeah. Vegas. Yeah, like he put uh -huh. him on the ladder to the FBI. The, the rat, the rat, him. I call him Manny Fresh. Cause he looked like Manny Fresh to me, <laughs> but anyway. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. And I also heard there was something I was gonna say that I heard about um, them. Damn, just like that, I forgot. But yeah, I want to see what what behind the scenes is going to happen. Um, who's going to play all the different roles, who's going to be Carol Baskin. Oh, I remember now. So did you know that that really wasn't, and you probably wouldn't be surprised, but did you know that really wasn't um, Joe Exotic singing them songs? Um, I'm not surprised, but no, I didn't. Who was it? Uh, um, they didn't say who, 
but you know that was interesting news to me so uh, <laughs> i guess they'll use the same voiceover <laughs> good all right so um tory lanes i thought you might find this interesting kel so tory lanes as most of y'all know he started his little quarantine radio on ig live and you know the whole term demon time <laughs> and uh he has taken his talents to youtube and is already breaking records on youtube so he's no longer doing it on igtv youtube or whoever approached his team or they approached youtube and niggas bit and now they're doing it on youtube for a bigger platform i do i haven't seen it myself so i do wonder what that looks like um like i know how like i've seen i uh youtube live streams so i know how you could be commenting on the side however i do wonder if they're how they're able to do the functionality of bringing people in i've been hearing stuff like this um this program like my brother uses this uh website or app or whatever thing called twitch where you're able to do more of those kind of things but he went to youtube probably because there's more of a user base over there for the masses and um even though twitch has a huge following too but he he did the, did it on youtube i do wonder how they're gonna bring people in on the conversations visually but um he also is using his money that he's starting to make for the good and i should have brought this up prior to but like a lot of people while i'm looking this up a lot of people um are applauding tory lanes for his ability to get people you know just from a marketing nerd standpoint like how he was able to build up his audience even more build up even more people into his audience that don't necessarily go to him for his music now they're going to him for this and demon time and all that different stuff you know right and just grow his his fan base and grow his um brand, his brand so to speak right and so um now with that great news he is using his money to launch the tory lane's dream city fund um to help benefit COVID-19 um, relief efforts. And uh, the collaboration uh, between the Dream City Project, um, oh, the Dream City Project. Okay, it's a collaboration with them. And he launched it back in 2012 uh, for the Dream Center, which is a charity based in Los Angeles. But I guess he decided to, you know, run that back and use the money towards the pandemic um he has announced that the, they teamed up with amazon music to cover the cost of a hundred thousand diapers plus so much more because i'm not clicking to read more at the shade room but <laughs> you know salute to him yes that's story. yes you know you're using your efforts your um time wisely this is a really great time for entrepreneurs and it's also a really great time for um let me okay let me let me just say this while though it's a great time for entrepreneurs it's also it's more so a better time for people who are already established to take it up a, another notch so if you are an entrepreneur just starting off it still might be a little bit more difficult for you to break in and break even but if you have like if you were a, a mini influencer or micro influencer i think that's the word the term that they're using nowadays um you have a better chance of taking 
it to top tier status versus someone that's just coming in. So I think it really just depends on where you are in whatever you're doing. Facts, sorry, I was on mute. <laughs> I agree because it's harder when you are just starting. And I'm gonna get into that later in this podcast too. Um, you know, where all these people talk about, you should have a business by the end of it. No, no, no. You still have barriers. And some may even argue that you have even more barriers now in the midst of the quarantine, but we're going to get into that a little later. So salute to Tory Lanez. Um, lastly, well, third to lastly, our president, Barack Obama. And notice what I said. Yes, our president, Barack <laughs> Obama, and Michelle Obama will be addressing all classes of 2020 via YouTube. Okay. Um, it will be a graduation ceremony, including the likes of many. So it looks like there's going to be, uh, well, first, well, yeah, I'll read it all. So he has um, BTS, <laughs> and these are the speakers. These are the commencement speakers. Um, you know, and that's uh, that boy group from Lord. I don't even want to. I, I know it's a K-pop group. I don't want to assume it's uh, Korea though. So y'all know who BTS is. Uh, Lady Gaga, Secretary Robert M. Gates, Sundar Pichai. Hopefully, I said that right. Secretary Secretary uh, Condoleezza Rice, Malala Yousafzai. Yusuf Zay, I hope that said that right too. And then we have special appearances by ASAP Science, Kelly Rowland, Alicia Keys, Chloe and Hallie, Jackie Ina. Yes, Jackie Ina. You go, girl. Yes, Zendaya, Carrie Washington, and some other folks that we may, y'all may or may not know, Mr. Kate, the Try Guy, Zayn Hijazi, and Dude Perfect. And that is actually for the June 6th um, commencement ceremony. And that is for uh, students that are probably more so for the college students um, from June, on June 6th, Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Um, they have another one, which is on May 16th, another two actually, Show Me Your Walk, HBCU edition, which is Saturday, May 16th, 2 p.m. Eastern. I'm not sure where that's being broadcasted, but, um, and then graduate together high school class of 2020 commencement. That's going to be Saturday, May 16th at 8 p.m. Eastern time. So salute to them for putting together those efforts to um, honor and rep the students of 2020. I cannot imagine what you're going through after putting in all this work and these loans and not being able to have that satisfaction of having the option to walk. I know a lot of people who actually don't choose to walk, but I know me, I was going to walk across that stage and get my little fake piece of rolled up paper. So <laughs> when, that, when that is taken away from you, yeah, it sucks. And I do wonder if there's going to be special, you know, I used to think like when this first started and they were canceling and all that stuff, I was like, damn, you know, they, there's no way they could do something for them next year because they're going to be focused on everyone next year. But I think they can. I think that the same way that they are doing stuff for people next year, they could set aside an extra day or two to do the same thing for the class of 2020. And so I hope even with this being done, 
that they can still do that for all the students that are graduating this year, that at least high school and up. Um, I think it's monumental enough to do that for those students. But in the meantime, this is a hell of a commencement um, set of people to be honoring you guys, even if it is virtually. And we respect y'all. Y'all did it. Y'all made it through, even in the midst of a virus. Because we have to remember, they had to finish up their spring semester and, you know, finals in the midst of all this stress that we already going through and the stress that they're going through on top of that, like to be able to finish and finish school. I have a cousin, my cousin Hakeem um, graduated, was supposed to graduate um, from college this year. Uh, well, walk, I should say. He did graduate, um, but he doesn't get to walk. So, you know, it sucks. And so I do hope that they do something special. All the universities and stuff do something special for all of the students and it doesn't include robots. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm actually going to a parking lot graduation for um, Brittany. So shout out me. I'm so proud of you. You graduate with twins and you know, and work a full-time job. So you go girl. I will be right in that parking lot, pimping with you, blasting whatever graduation song I can think of. <laughs> nice. Yes. Congrats, Brittany. Congrats, Brittany and Hakeem. All right. And moving on to our last two topics. Um, in <laughs> yes, so wait, I scrolled way too far down. Okay. <laughs> so, new tunes. All right, Kel. Let's be real here. What do you feel about the Savage remix, or do you want me to go first? Um, okay. Uh, I prefer the original. Um, I do like this one line about her mom because I thought that was cute. Like, oh, mommy daughter moment. Other than that, I prefer the original. I still listen to the original. I don't really listen to the Savage remix. I don't want Beehive to come back uh, to stinging us because we have enough stings going on now, you know? Right. <laughs> but, um, I did see a, a post that someone posted and they were like, B made the song Mad Corny. And I gotta kinda agree. It 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 kinda was. <laughs> it, so just so I can back you up, so you know, <laughs> people that listen to this don't, you know, then they sign off and I fuck that bitches. I'm with you. I feel like I feel like um it it did kind of corn it up a little bit. Even the um okay part that is playing. <laughs> <laughs> the little okay or whatever you didn't need that many ad-libs yeah like, it was enough it was overkill for me uh you know and i like i do like when beyonce raps i'm i am a fan of beyonce's rapping voice i was a little like you know turned off by it in this track um but you know, I, I too liked a, a few of the things that she said. I liked some of her like cute little euphemisms talking about jumping in jeans. Um, you know, she knew what to say. She said demon time. I was like, oh, okay. So like she did it kind of like how Jay-Z be like, 
you think Jay-Z is not connected to social media and he totally does show that he is when he comes out with some new music because he'll reference a lot of like pop culture things that are going on that I could tell he helped her with that yeah well yeah I'm not surprised at that yeah, definitely um but um Britney don't kill us <laughs> Britney don't kill us when you listen to this but uh, <laughs> you know uh you know but i do like it you know i like how it reignited the whole thing with savage i know people were tired of savage and of course beyonce jumping on it was dope and i do feel like um it was dope that they used the funds from the um purchases of the song to go towards um relief efforts and they even honored uh beyonce honored um Megan Thee Stallion's mom. Um, I forgot her name, Lord. Um, but I forgot to honoring whatever Megan Thee Stallion's mom's name was, and it was a like picture of Megan Thee Stallion, huh? I said I feel like it was with a D. Oh, uh, I don't know why I thought it was with an M, but I guess I could look it up just for the purpose of the pod. But yeah, um, she, mm-hmm. yeah, she honored her, and she also honored. Um, <sighs> What's the girl name? Um, Kobe Bryant's wife's. What's her name? Is it Gianna? No, that's her oh, name. Oh yeah, Kobe Bryant's wife. Oh, her name is Holly. Um, uh, oh, okay. And Kobe Bryant, John, Kobe Bryant's wife's name is. Um, uh, why am I blanking on that too now? <laughs> Jesus, because I see it. Vanessa. All- Vanessa. 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 Yes. <laughs> oh, so honored Vanessa too. Nice. You know. I know, girl, it's the corona, okay? <laughs> so it's the quarantine. If I don't remember everything, I'm, I'm inundated, um, which I'm right. going to talk about that later, too. But, you know, um, yes, yeah, salute to B um, for stepping on that song and, you know, taking it to the next level. It was already, like, in the universe. Like, it was already, like, in the stratosphere. Now it's just in space. Like, that song is just out of here now. So salute to both of them i will still do the dance whenever we get to get the hell out of our homes i will be sure to do the dance to whichever one of those versions of the song come on um i will be doing my broken version of the savage dance to it so <laughs> and shout out to our other girlfriend Brittany, um Brittany t i'll say because i just gave the, the whole government of our other friend Brittany. but anyway <laughs> Brittany t um for learning the dance the new dance because child y'all saw how we did listen you don't know how long it took for us to do that little piece of video that we did (laughs) for the original savage challenge i ain't even touching the new savage challenge with a 10-foot pole but our homegirl Brittany t she already got it down okay within days of that drink coming out so salute to her all right and last one is, who are you taking, Cal? And I know the answer, Jill or Erica. So if if you don't know, everyone knows I am like in love with Erica. She's like my soulmate. Like if I had, if I were a lesbian, she would be the girl. Like. <laughs> yeah. like that's my musical soulmate, you know? Um, so I absolutely love Erica. And I absolutely love Jill Scott, too, actually. So both of them, I think I love Erica a little bit more. But um, 
I, I do really, really love Jill Scott as well. But if I'm going to take it down to the facts, Erica has way more hits than Jill does. Um, because she's been doing it since the 90s, you know? So, like, like early 90s at that. So, I, I know that Erica is going to blow it out the water. Okay. Well, although you may be right, <laughs> I am Teen Jill. Jilly from Philly. I am going to be repping for her. I, um, of course, listened to Erica Badu probably the same time that you did, like discovered Erica Badu the same time you did and loved her back then. Um, um, but when Jill came on the scene, I definitely identified a lot with her. I loved her music. And I feel like what Jill has over Erica, which this may be controversial, but what I feel like Jill has over Erica is singing capabilities. I think they both are powerhouses, but definitely Jill is more of a powerhouse. She has range like a motherfucker, in my opinion. And I feel like people, not you, but people are coming for her, like as if she doesn't even pale in comparison. Shout out to my cousin, Keandra, that was like, how can she even compete with mommy? I guess mommy she was referring to as Erica Badu. And I'm like, girl, do you know who Jill is? Do you know what, what her, her credentials are? Do you know that she wrote, if you were worried about when her pen game is sick? Not saying that Erica's isn't too, but don't try to come for, like for all those people trying to come for Jill, like Jill ain't got skills. Y'all gonna find out on Saturday. Yeah, I totally agree that Jill, I would never ever say that Jill doesn't have skills. She, she, like you said, she does have a hell of a range. And I think you, I can't remember the specific song. Yeah, I do. Um, Hayes, um, um, shit, now I can't say it. An E flat, that particular song. Um, shit, what is the name of the shit? And I love it. You hear the range that she has on that song. And she can, she goes from really, really low to really, really high. <laughs> Um, yeah, but, like her and Marsha Ambrosius got that, that, that skill, but go ahead. I feel like she studied music, so I, I would never say that she doesn't have the skills, but I, I, when I think of verses, I think people are going to not base it off of necessarily the skills, but they're going to base it off of the dis, dis, discar, discar, I can't talk today. No, you said it right, discography. Yeah, the discography. I think they're going to base it off of that. Um, the only way that I see Jill winning is if she starts to really highlight some of her pin game as far as like who she wrote for. That is the only way that I see her winning. Mm -hmm. Having a chance at winning, I'll say that. Because people are not going to go back based off of skills because unless you are a music connoisseur like me and you are, <laughs> you're not going to appreciate that. Right. And I agree. I think that um, that is a good point. That's some, that is some tea right there. Like if she goes into that zone, but then I do wonder what, what um, Erica may have done that we're not aware of, you know? So it'll be, Yo. right. So Erica, I've been listening to a lot of Erica ever since y'all sent that video of them two singing each other's song. Yeah. I got my tub sis let me tell you like I had my earphones on blast I'm screaming and singing to the notes that I know that I can't sing to got my life yo and then I um it was like a song oh, on the Raycons I yes, girl. Raycons. Yes, girl. Yes, if you get your own little concert with them Raycons yes! <laughs> it was so good it was such a great experience but then it um Spotify was really like sizing me too 
So um, it started going into the, you know, the collabs that she did with um, our one of our favorite, um, Robert Glasper, is that his last name? Yes, yes. And I think that's when a lot of hits might come out. But, and then again, it might not because his is so more bluesy and for movies that I don't know if people, you got to be a connoisseur, got to be a music connoisseur to really, to know. <laughs> those things so I'm excited either way I'm gonna have my stage my incense a drink and just I'm vibing don't disturb my vibe yes please don't <laughs> bitch don't kill my vibe yes absolutely I agree and um I think Erica probably will win be- to the to end it off because um I will admit that I think she will win because I think that more people are affiliated with her Sh- simply off the strength of that um, people, more people are aware of her and who she is as an artist and they fuck with, with, people fuck with people that are weird on the low. The more original you are, the better. And I think that, um, Jill is original too. Jill got her weird shit with her too, but it's a little more mass behind something that's a little more palatable to the audience, to the masses, rather than Erica. Erica really just don't give a F. For real. She really don't. So, Okay. All right, then. Well, I know we talked y'all heads off with R&R. So let's give y'all some medicine um, after the candy and just go into our talk topic. So our talk topic today is mental health maintenance during the COVID crisis. So full disclosure, I was listening to um, the, what podcast is this? I was listening to one of me and Kel's favorite podcasts, uh, Getting Grown, and they had a special guest on there, and I'm trying to find her name, but um, she has therapy for the Black girl, and her name is Dr. Joy Harden Bradford. That's her name, and she has such great tips on how to just maintain your mental health during this crisis that is happening during this quarantine um whether you're in quarantine or you're out there working all that different stuff so i just wanted to just have um four quick hits on how to do that and then we'll move on into the philanthropy highlight because we know we are here over an hour so you know we're gonna keep it pushing so the medicine here is expectations versus reality and i do want to spend a little time on this topic itself because i think me and kel both can relate um for me you know well first off the undertone to this is don't expect yourself to launch a business during quarantine and don't expect yourself to achieve everything on your to-do list um within the quarantine and one of the tips that dr joy um uh, Harden Bradford <laughs> said was, you know, start off with, you know, a lot of people have a full list of things. And, you know, our little group, Summer Body Bitches, uh, with our girlfriends from high school where we're all trying to get our bodies straight for summer. We started this group actually before the COVID. And it's just been a great group to keep each other inspired and lift each other up when we're feeling down and just to stay on our fitness goals in general so anyway um we did have a couple challenges where we would write lists out or whatever and even though like our friend would our friend that is training us so to speak she would tell us to keep it to like three to five lists or whatever 
But a great thing that I heard, um, you know, sometimes we would like extend that list out. And me personally, I have my, um, my planner and I tend to write like six things a day. Even when I was still working, I did that like six plus list of things to do. And it was hard for me to break things up, especially when I was still working um, and have like some sort of, uh, you know, gauge on what I was going to uh, commit myself to handling. And then you get to a point like one of the hosts of um, Getting Grown Shared that you beat yourself up when you don't come you don't complete every task on that list or you don't complete the majority of that list so what um dr joy said was to break up that list and just do like two or three things on that list and then when you have if you have time to do complete more of those items then you complete more of those items but that's a way to manage your expectations for yourself Kel, do you have anything you want to share? Um, I agree. Like, I think that I can definitely relate to that. Like, I put a lot on myself. I am my worst critic and my worst enemy when it comes to achieving goals. And I'm feeling it right now, even more so. Like, I was tempted to um, reach out to my nine to five boss and be like, I feel like I'm not doing enough. <laughs> like, and I know, cause like right now we, we just came off of a really busy season and it's quiet and it's uncomfortable. And I'm like, I know that I need to, like, I, I feel like I need to be doing more, but I can't even concentrate. And I have to really tell myself to appreciate these small moments of quiet because while productive pr productivity is important, it's not everything. And you need time to 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 back away to to regroup to reset in order for it to be quality so appreciating that moments right now and like hearing that again like you just said like really dumbing it down to not even three things two things and knocking those two things out of the park and then having quiet time and then going back at it at it another day another week whatever the case may be depending on how big ever whatever your goal your whatever your particular goal is I love that. Yeah. Again. yeah and and we've talked about it before on the podcast even like managing expectations of your family members and like realizing that this is not normal you know so we're going to have a time we're trying to figure out all this different stuff this is a new way of living and dealing with stuff so you know on that same note check on your strong friends and strong friend check on yourself you know this is um one of the things that dr joy said was to make sure that you know that you as the strong friend you don't have to be the strong friend right now um and i think that spoke volumes to me and i definitely want to speak that volume loud to raquel because <laughs> she is definitely one of those people that you put in the category of strong friend and I put myself in that category. I feel like we're different friends, if I want to get deeper about it really quick, real, real, real quick. I feel like we're different friends for different groups of people. What do you, like, do you agree with I that? I have to strongly agree with that. But you know what? I feel like you have really been stepping up and taking that role of a strong friend, even within our friendship, because... The other day, um, we were in our little summer vacation, and you were like, yeah, I didn't do shit today. 
<laughs> and I felt good. I didn't think about the bed. And I was like, yo, why can't I do that? I need to do that. Like, I want to take those lessons. Like, do that. <laughs> so, like, um, and I feel like that is something that a strong fail will do. They'll, they'll know when to step away. So, um, yeah, I agree with everything that you said. <laughs> That's interesting because you know what? I got that from you. <laughs> like that one time that we were all like um supposed to do a zoom or or not a zoom facetime and you didn't you didn't join and you were like, like you just couldn't do it like i really had to chill and and just regroup and take my time to myself and i mean i know you said you was in like a a bad mood or whatever but at the same time i think that was really good for your mental health and so I, I think it was a, uh, it wasn't a selfish decision that you made. I think it was a decision you made for everyone um, by deciding, you know what, I'm going to take myself away from this and just regroup and come back at it, you know, next time. I'll be available next time, but I'm not always going to be available and, you know, I adapted that because I felt like I was way too available last week. And that, I mean, that goes into the next um, line of taking a virtual break. I had to take a virtual break yesterday because it just was too much. Like, I just was way too available for too many people from last week till Monday. Monday, like, after I went out and saw one of my friends and, and then also did some drop-offs and stuff, like, I was done. I, I literally came home, sat on the couch, and passed out. I passed out, and, and then we, I don't know what we did for dinner, something slight, or Dennis probably cooked for me for dinner, and then I went to bed or whatever, and the next day, I just, I also didn't get that much of good rest um, that night, unfortunately. I had, like, some nightmares, but I woke up the next day, and I just was, like, not feeling it. I was like, I'm not doing anything. I'm getting up to pee. And <laughs> and that's it, yo, and eat, you know, get and then really I ate food in the room for the most part. I ate my food in the room, you know, and um, you know, later in the day I was a little more active because we ended up, you know, doing a little taco Tuesday or whatever for single de mayo. But like, girl, for the most of the day, I barely left that room. And I am one of them people that don't like to lose out on time. And, oh, I could have been doing this. I could have been doing that. And really that episode of Getting Grown really put things into perspective for me. Like, oh, girl, you're not really missing out on anything. Like, take that time. I played video games on my phone. And I even took a break from Instagram. It was like that bad. Like, I, I, I actually deleted Instagram because I was trying to upload my bank app on my phone because we was trying to get some some edible arrangements for our moms and stuff. And I was like, let me see what my account looking like. And <laughs> yeah and so I just was looking at all that and um I didn't upload the Instagram app back to my phone after that I was like oh, I'm gonna take a little a couple hours of a break and sleep and that might be why I also didn't get good rest last night because I slept way too much yesterday but I wouldn't take it back because <laughs> I needed that I needed that moment uh, and yes, so basically, I learned that from you. So you inspired me <laughs> to do that. Well, thank you. I'm glad that I was able to inspire you. And I actually planned to do that this weekend. I took off from work for Friday and Monday. And I was having those same issues, like trying to figure out like, okay, so now I took off from work. I have to do something for CCC. 
And I was really struggling with that too. And I reached out to our homegirl cult classic and she really put some things into perspective for me. And one main thing takeaway I do want to share with you guys that she did say and everything else I'll talk to you offline about. Um, <laughs> All right. But um, one main thing that she did share with me that I felt like I want to share with you guys is um, she was saying that, you know, we all got our company goals, but we have to remember that we're in unprecedented crisis right now and we can't expect to be the superstars we normally will be on a regular day. So we have to really handle ourselves with care. And that kind of ties back into the whole entrepreneurship vibe of it. Like us feeling the pressure that this is the time the not, for us not to be lazy, to be grinding 24 seven, 24 eight or 24 nine, 375 days around the clock. Just to be able to be like, because I'm at home, I should be able to do way more than what I would be able to be doing on the normal day and become the celebrity overnight. That's not realistic for who we are or what we, you know, our capabilities. Like you're still that same person that you were when you were at working. So you, you got to be respectful of yourself and your boundaries. Word, word. Yes. I love that. And lastly, um, after that, I did want to cover the people that are, you know, we've talked a lot about people who are missing out on weddings and, um, you know, graduations and stuff like that, birthday, uh, you know, uh, milestone birthdays and stuff. But there are people that are losing people. Like, I know a couple people, you know, I, I need to tell you offline about a couple people that I know that, you know, have relatives that, excuse me, have passed and stuff. And it's just like, what do they do? How are they able to properly mourn this person that, that may have died in their family? And, um, you know, we all know that things are limited. Like one of my friends, um, they were telling me that, you know, to, in order to Zoom a funeral, um, it's $900. Ciao, boo. I was like, so in order to do a virtual funeral, like something that I could set up for free, you're charging me $900. And, you know, we are in the, we, me and Cal have been in the business of events and we all know the funerals, I would argue are nearly more lucrative than weddings <laughs> because both are high moments, but funerals, like you really like, because it's the final last day to send the person off um or send their body off their spirit is already you know depending on what you believe their spirit is already you know in heaven uh so you know this is literally their body and you're honoring them and celebrating the life that they had when they were here with you and you're just emotional all the way so you're gonna get the best of the best okay so these people charging nine hundred dollars for little funeral zooms Zoom funerals, I am appalled, but I'm not surprised. But um, something that Dr. Joy said was that, you know, um, there, we have to even rethink the way that we mourn um, people. So uh, reminisce on them, talk, talk about them with family members and stuff like, you know, all the good times that you had, cook some of their favorite meals, um, you know, and then even think of doing the smaller funeral and postpone for a larger celebration of life later. Still memorial later. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and a lot of people do memorials a year later um, in general. Like I know I, we did that for my grandmother, which might be, that just hit me, Kel. That might've been, this is off topic, but that might've been why I wasn't at the first CCC. It might've been my grandmother's memorial. That's probably. <laughs> well, no, because I wouldn't have missed that. I would have witnessed that. I, I wouldn't have missed that. Yeah. Mm -mm. No, you know. <laughs> <laughs> she like. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. <laughs> well, anyway, yeah. So, uh, like I was saying, yeah. So, um, people have their um, memorials or whatever. And I remember the first time I experienced that it was like my grandfather on my mom's side when I was young. And it was like a huge like thing. And it was a, you know, we had food and everything. It's like funeral part two, basically, but a little mm -hmm. more lighthearted. There's usually tears, but it's like a little more lighthearted. So prayers are for all those people that have lost people, whether it was to COVID or I don't know what's worse, losing, I, I don't know. It depends on who you are. I, I feel like losing someone to COVID is worse, but losing someone, to not COVID during this time is even worse because it's like people are so focused on all that stuff. They barely have any room to really mourn for you or have empathy towards you because mad people are dying right now. And then when someone dies in a car accident or, uh, you know, stroke or whatever during this time, it's like the energy, they can't give us but so much energy and empathy towards you because it's being stretched across the masses right now. So, you know, prayers up for y'all. And I hope that some of these tips can help you guys. Um, and you know what, I, I guess we could post this. I know Kel, me and you talked about this offline, but we could at least post this on the IG story, um, these little tips. I'll make, I'll make a, a little, clip for it <laughs> um yeah i think i agree yeah we can do that you know i know we should have had that as a pre-production conversation but yes <laughs> okay cool, cool. and so do you want to get into the philanthropy highlights yes ma'am get up get out and get something how will you make it if you never even try you need to get up get out and get something all right, yeah. So we are going to be highlighting the Loveland Foundation. Um, a little bit about the Loveland Foundation. Through our partnership with the Therapy for Black Girls, National Queer and Trans Therapists of Color Network, Talkspace, and Open Path Collective, Loveland Therapy Fund recipients will have access to a comprehensive list of mental health professionals across the country, providing high-quality, culturally, culturally competent services to black women and girls with therapy ses sessions costing an average of $80 to $200 per session. We have selected the following options to increase the likelihood that participants are able to financially afford therapy at the end of the four to eight sessions supported by the Loveland Foundation Therapy Fund. Black women and girls deserve access to healing and that healing will impact generations. Me and Anna have gone on and on and on about how therapy is so important. And it's not just important to just the masses, but especially to our minorities and to our Black culture. Because growing up in a Black family, 
we know that um, our parents kind of looked down on it. They didn't really understand or appreciate it in the way that we do now. So having access to that healing or finding an outlet to be able to express, you know, your innermost fears or your um, even to express the even your success moments is really really valuable. So to find out more information about the Loveland Foundation, you can reach them at their website at thelovelandfoundation.org. There's multiple ways to give to them. Um, while that is loading, <laughs> to tell you, um, you can donate to their campaign by donating money. You can even start your own personal circle and pulling your resources together and making a commitment with six of your friends to donate and support Black women and girls to, who deserve access to the healing. So there's, like I said, there's multiple ways for you to give. Nice, and we'll put we'll um, that in the philanthropy. Oh, you you found you wanted. Yeah, that, no, that's exactly what I was going to say. We're going to actually post this on our, our um, story. Yeah, the ID in our um, yeah Instagram feed. Yes, 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 and in the Instagram feed, exactly. Yes, so that was great, and um, I'm excited to learn more about that. So, um, let's get into our last call. I'd like to propose a toast. I said toast, motherfucker. Last call. Okay, so for today's last call, um, which is brought to you by Riesling. Uh, <laughs> um, so for today's last call, um, I wanted to tell a story of someone I know. I was going to say who that person was, but I will protect their um, identity. Um, so uh, this person that I know uh, went through a lot during the COVID crisis. They feel as though they may have had it. And um, they are kind of going through it right now with their spouse, where they feel like, um, and it's, it's a Black woman, and they feel like as though the, the spouse is not, doesn't know how to nurture them, doesn't know how to um, provide uh, what they're looking for right now as far as um, support while they are experiencing what they're experiencing and they're scared and they're experiencing other health issues that are, you know, we don't know if it's residual effects from the possibility of them having COVID, um, but, you know, they're stressed out. They, they still got a nine to five that they got to do and um, they feel like the spouse isn't really uh what's the word not um isn't empathizing with them um the way that they would like them to and you know it's not that that person wants to leave that person because really where the hell are you going at anyway right now in covid but <laughs> at the same time you know they just they just feel like they need an outlet they were expressing to me that they feel like they need someone that they could talk to and they felt like they couldn't even talk to their their children because they felt like, you know, they just don't want to feel like a burden for them. And so I was advising them, you know, ask for help, sis. That's what the last call message is, you know, and it goes back to being the strong friend, the expectations versus reality, um, you know, taking breaks, you know, all that different stuff that we covered, like all these things, you know, I tried to explain to that person, we are going through an unprecedented time you already feel like you had the virus. You are seeing things going on with your health right now. 
and you, you know, the person that you're supposed to confide in, the way that they're handling it, they're probably scared and they're used to you being a certain strong way. And when you're not that strong person, they want you to snap back to who you used to be. And that's not who you can be right now. You're going through it. And it's okay to go through it. And you need to talk to someone who's unbiased because if you feel like you can't talk to your child that you have a certain type of relationship, close relationship with because you fear that that person may not be able to handle what you're going through or handle you breaking down and crying because she was saying, you know, I want to be able to break down and cry and someone comfort me. And she's just not feeling like she's getting that from anywhere. So I was like, you know, you need to look into therapy at this point. I think that would be a great look for you. Um, and I offered to help that person find that. So, you know, again, reach out. Like if you are going through something right now, reach out, ask for help because it's okay. It's okay to feel that way. I totally agree with you on that. And, um, Sometimes I feel like we we want that comfort for some other people, and I don't think that they always have the room to give that comfort. And we have to be able to be understanding as well as we as much as we want them to be empathetic. We have to be understanding to that as well. So sometimes space might help a little bit, and having that space to really just kind of like get yourself to the point where you can kind of like stipe it's like you're almost hyperventilating but you can't you're not necessarily doing it from a physical perspective but it's more of like a mental hyper hyperventilating and you gotta get yourself to calm down and then come to a reasonable state of mind because once you get to that reasonable state of mind you might see things a little bit differently you'll see it that it might not be a thing of someone brushing you off or they're they're doing it to be malicious nine times out of ten they probably just don't have it to give to you either so you'll be a little bit more understanding right because they're stressed out and they feel you know like they just this is something that's constant over here they feel like you are the person that they could go to with whatever and when you are no longer that person you know they're already crazy as hell and now you crazy as hell so they're like you know snap out of it and it comes off very rude and harsh um and then you have to constantly have these conversations with the person like look i'm human too like i am going through it and i need you to be a little more nurturing while i'm going through this and then feeling and then that person may feel offended and then that causes the whole thing because now the person who's actually going through mental stuff and physical health stuff they have to worry about you getting offended at you asking just for a change of you know response or the way that you respond so you know it's tough out there for everyone and like like you said i think sometimes it is a thing where this person doesn't have it to give to you and if you still choose to be around that person or you have to at least at this time you know you have to find it elsewhere just for your own mental health because yeah. you didn't have to like you said, black women, you know, especially and black people in general, minorities in general, like we shouldn't have to be bottled up. 
you know, people have been, white people been going to therapy for the longest, you know, and we shouldn't have to feel bottled up. And when you're of an older age, then our age group, I'm so glad we are in the age group that we are in the times mm -hmm. that we are where it's being more and more welcomed and more yes. talked about with mental health. And, you know, I just try to spread that to the older age groups. Like, listen, you don't have to, you don't have to deal with this alone. You can talk right. to somebody. And it's not, uh, it's not a bad thing if you do that. And you don't have to tell nobody if you're doing that either. Like, if you're worried about what people may think of you for, not saying that's what this person said, but just in general, right. you, should, you should take care of yourself. Take care of yourself right. while you're going through it. Because a lot of people don't care. Not saying that the spouse doesn't care, but, you know, doctors don't care. People people are everybody is dealing with stuff in their own way and everybody is feeling some level of like depression or whatever during this this thing so you need to talk to somebody who is willing to hear you out unbiased and and you can feel comfortable letting it all out bawling tears and not feeling like oh you know sucking it back in because you don't want to scare the person that you're crying in front of you should right. be able to do that. So that was a lesson I learned today. Like, yeah, therapy is really needed because when someone is going through something like that, they should feel like they can talk to somebody. And it's not always going to be the person that you lay with every night. So. Yeah. Thanks. I said it better myself. That was a great way to end the show. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. So. On that note, yes, like Kel said, we are ending the show. Uh, I think this was a great episode. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Yeah. Um, make sure that you follow us on uh, Instagram, Facebook, you know, Cognac Cupcakes and Conversations everywhere, including our email and our website, CognacCupcakesAndConversations.com, and is always spelled A-N-D. And, you know, we know it's a mouthful, but y'all love us, so... <laughs> <laughs> and uh anything else Kel, that we have nope. to talk yeah we got That's some it. offline conversations to have um yeah. yes but <laughs> uh we love y'all and until next week peace out we out bye it's a vibe <laughs>